Hey, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Quicken Loans is celebrating our best quarter ever, and now we're celebrating some of the lowest refinancing rates ever. Rates have dropped so much that many Americans can reduce their rate. You may be able to save money on your monthly mortgage payment right now. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.18%. Call us at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.375% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Horrifying Attack, Election Day 2019. I'm Mike Moss. It just seems like a bad dream. Leah Staden's sister is among three American Mormon women and six children killed in an ambush in northern Mexico by thugs from a drug cartel. My sister could actually see the smoke from her house, and they heard the gunshots. I just can't believe that this actually happened to our family. More from correspondent Matt Rivers in Mexico City. President Trump has weighed in on this this morning, basically saying that now is the time to tackle the drug cartel problem for Mexico with the United States help, that he was saying that the U.S. should wipe the drug cartels off the face of the earth. He's awaiting a call from Mexico's president. Mexico's president, uh, Lopez Obrador, this morning said that he would be calling President Trump. Six children were found alive when authorities arrived at the remote scene four hours after the attack. Voters in Kentucky are choosing their governor today. Correspondent Evan McMorris-Santoro is in Louisville. This is one of those races where it's a national politics versus local politics thing. The Democrats want to be about local politics. They think they can actually pull off an upset here if they talk about Medicare and education. Republicans think they can keep this seat, keep this governor's mansion, if they talk about Trump and they talk about social issues. Mississippi is also voting for governor on this Election Day 2019. More administration officials are expected to defy impeachment inquiry subpoenas today, but correspondent Phil Mattingly reports the probe is shifting. This is moving into the public phase, and at some point there's a level of diminishing returns when people stop showing up. You've had so many administration officials, the people who weren't expecting to show up actually did. Now they are not anymore, so you're going to keep seeing those depositions released, probably not see a lot more closed-door testimony where people actually comply. That means public hearings are coming as well. U.S. teens who use electronic cigarettes prefer those made by Juul Labs, and mint is the favorite flavor for many of them. On Wall Street, the Dow up 33 points. I'm Mike Moss. At Capital One, you can open a new savings account in about five minutes and earn five times the national average. Five minutes? That's less time than you spend arguing about how to pronounce GIF. Wait, GIF or JIF? Uh, hard G. Less time than you spend trying to stick to your paleo diet. Resist the carbs. Ooh, brownies. No brownies. That's about five minutes to earn five times the national average savings rate. This is Banking Reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One NA member FDIC. This is happening. Our busy company's buzzing like the hornet's nest in the tree outside. Then Tina walks in. We've got a projections problem, Brian. Management's given us crazy numbers to hit and not enough crew to handle it. I spring into action like a human hornet and jump on Upwork. I book a team of remote freelance pros, each ready to start immediately. And those projections with Upwork, this is happening. Hey, Tina, want to get lunch? Thanks, but there's hornets outside. Upwork. Hire freelancers. Make things happen. The U.S. trade deficit fell in September to the... It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish, along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart.
It's time to say see you later, alligator, to embarrassing and troublesome issues with your skin, nails, and hair with all-natural Cayman alligator oil. Cayman oil is locally made right in Louisiana, where people have been using alligator oil for centuries to treat all kinds of ailments. A drop a day of Cayman oil can help you say see you later, alligator, to athlete's foot, nail fungus, acne, eczema, rashes, dry skin, cuts, infections, MRSA, scars, burns, sunburns, and even ingrown hair and dandruff. If you or someone you know is tired of suffering with any of these skin, nail, and hair troubles, you need to visit mycayman.com to learn more about 100% natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic cayman oil and get a bottle today. Say, see you later, alligator, with cayman alligator oil at mycayman.com. That's my C-A-I-M-O-N dot com. MyCayman.com. I always hear from our clients who hired another firm that they wish they'd hired DNA Financial first. Don't have regrets about your IRS tax case. Just hire the best in the first place. One owed 150000 to the IRS and had spent thousands on another firm. We stopped the levies, negotiated a payment plan, and had their penalties forgiven. And while every case is different, we guarantee that we'll find your perfect resolution and get it done right. For a free consultation, call us at 866-201-0156. That's 866-201-0156. Then you can say, DNA, DNA did, did right by, by me. me. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-327-1660. That's 800-327-1660. Again, 800-327-1660. K-C-A-A. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Talk Radio. I'm your host, Hillary Ramo. Today, we're going to be talking about the healthcare system, new innovations with my guest, Rogelio Santos, who's CEO of AEvolve. He's going to be talking to us about how he has bridged the gap between blockchain technology and innovation for healthcare. So before we get to that, let me just introduce you to Rogelio. He is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Amalex. Under his leadership, he successfully developed and led the company towards its first FDA approval. Santos has also founded companies, including a multinational software development and digital media firm, a national real estate technology services agency, a nonprofit organization and web-based construction project collaboration platform, and he is also recognized as the inventor of a disaster response solution called the Butterfly House, which we'll be hearing about later on this hour, providing folding houses or rapid deployment shelter systems to disaster survivors, a big topic on today's platform with climate change and climate change relocation. Uh, in 2015, Santos was awarded the 10 Outstanding Young, Young Men Award, the most prestigious award given in the Philippines. He has also received two Senate resolutions as recognition for his achievements. 
He has received many other notable awards, including recognition from the New Jersey-based Ernst and Young and New Jersey Biz Magazine as one of New Jersey's top 30 entrepreneurs. We have an incredible mind with us this next hour. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things. I had the honor of interviewing Rogelio in New York in early September. We had a great time discussing a lot of new things. Many things have happened since, and we're going to catch up on some of that as well. He was also featured on TED Talks and major news outlets like Wall Street Journal, CNN, Bloomberg, and now here on KCAA with me. Welcome, Rogelio. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Welcome. I'm doing good. I'm I'm here in uh, sunny Las Vegas on a business trip, and I'm happy to join you on the air. Well, we're very happy to have you here, and we don't have enough time really to talk about all your fantastic accomplishments. Um, but let's just get started with a basic overview of A Evolve. Tell us about your company, what you're doing, who you are, and why we need to pay attention. Wow. Okay. So, A Evolve, A Evolve is a uh, is a is an answer. It's a solution uh, that that uh, myself and my team created. And the solution is basically designed to link patients uh, with medical innovations in the world. Now, the reason why that's so important is because there are so many medical innovations that are out there that actually have really good technology, great data, but sometimes they just get passed over or are not actually uh, uh, the, the prime picks for the current, uh, I guess you can say the current capital system that, that, that uh, controls everything right now. Um, and so what happens is the belief was if we can get this information to the patients and the patients had a way to actually, let's say, reserve a treatment or financially participate in a way that was safe for them, where they can get their money back or they can actually uh, uh, you know, transfer, that, transfer that, uh, that access. Well, what would happen is you would create a brand new generation, a whole new financing channel for medical innovations that would otherwise have been passed over to now be born into the world. You know, treatments that actually um, may not, right now, pharma is, uh, is, very, is very focused on what we call maintenance drugs. So, so you, they don't cure you, but they, 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 they make you feel better for a little bit so you keep coming back. You are recurring revenue. Patients are not people to be healed. Patients are assets. Uh, and from our perspective, there are technologies out there where Things, certain things can be addressed, um, and they, they 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 don't make a good financial case, but they are exactly what the world needs. And we believe that the world is deserving of knowing that these technologies are there. The the and the, and through blockchain, really through blockchain, we found a solution to make this possible. When people hear the word blockchain, most of them go directly to Bitcoin. And this this unusual thing called cryptocurrency that most people don't understand, and you know they they don't have a, a thorough knowledge in blockchain technology, Bitcoin. So they kind of are lost in that, and they think that well, you know, Bitcoin crashed a few years ago, and you know this we don't need to pay attention to that. But blockchain really was the treasure that came out of. Cryptocurrency. So explain to us, there's a weird echo going on. I don't know, guys, on the board, if you can fix that, but it's really annoying. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I don't know what it's going on, but, you know, I hear this strange noise. I think we might be crossing parallel dimensions, actually, actually, Rogelio. So maybe we should talk about quantum (laughs) realities down the road. Anyhow. So uh, anyway, most people aren't first in blockchain technology. They don't understand cryptocurrency. So when I when, I, when people ask me about blockchain, I say, well, it's kind of like a ledger. So anything that can be ledgered can be blockchain. And blockchain seems to be the golden nugget that came out of the cryptocurrency birth or early 2000s. And, and uh, so explain to us just briefly what blockchain is and how it can help the healthcare system exactly. Well, I, okay, so when it comes to cryptocurrencies, I think you're correct when it comes to the fact that people recognize uh, or they think of Bitcoin right away when they hear the word blockchain. And that's because it's money. Okay, people will gravitate to money. So when it comes down when it comes down to it, when a new technology, you know, is is born, uh, people actually first hear about the hype when the internet was booming 
people started paying attention financially with IPOs, you know, and uh, that, that whole trend. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, blockchain, it's, it, it is a ledger, yes. And I think that the fundamentals most people kind of get that it's a list. Look, but a notebook can be a ledger, right? I can make, I can make a list in a notebook. I can make a list in my own phone. So what, 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 but what makes blockchain really powerful is that it is, it is the fact that you can trust the integrity of a list without trusting who's doing it. So what I mean by that is that when, a, when, when something happens on the blockchain, it is replicated multiple times, 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times by computers all around the world that actually um, have nothing to do with one another that you would never, ever see or know. The reason why that's so important is that if somebody says, well, you know, on my list something happened and on his list it didn't happen, well, there's 9,999 other lists that say that you're, you're lying, yours is wrong, and that's correct. And there's no way anybody can manipulate that because you don't know where those lists are. So it's a trustless system that you can trust that it actually is accurate. <laughs> so that's, that's why blockchain is so important. Because well, isn't it fair to say, too, that blockchain could prevent corruption in this sense? Oh, yes. That's probably why it's going to have a slow adoption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, you know, you just read my mind because, you know, <laughs> people really have a hard time trusting the healthcare system as it is, at least in the United States here. Um, I know that around the world, different healthcare systems exist, but here in the U.S., you know, people don't trust the pharmaceutical companies. They don't trust uh, vaccines. They don't trust the mm -hmm. co-payments and the, and the insurance issues that we have here. People pay a lot of money for treatments. They don't have a lot of options. Oftentimes, their health insurance controls what kind of treatment they can actually get. And uh, so we're, we're really looking at a complete turnaround with your system because you offer a way to, one, get rid of corruption, and two, mm -hmm. to research, the research and development part of your company opens up to smaller populations that have more rare disease that isn't quite funded properly because pharmaceutical companies haven't given it enough attention because they don't see enough profit in doing that. So mm. let's, let's take it to the average person. Yeah. Um, so the average person is diagnosed with disease. They go to their doctor. The, the, the treatment isn't quite available yet. They get very sad and depressed and they go home and they say, well, they tell their family, I have this disease. I don't know what my options are yet. So what do they do when it comes to your platform? Do they go to your, your platform and sign up for what? Well, so let's, let's say, for example, well, right now, there are organizations that actually focus on um, um, patient advocacies uh, that, are, that, are, that are targeted for specific diseases to let them let, to actually look for solutions for these type of products, right? So, for example, there's the Alzheimer's Association, there's the American Cancer Society, there's the ALS Foundation, and a lot of these organizations they they, they raise money, they they actually are they're trying to fund research, they're they're there to create support groups because. There's a lot of diseases that actually have no solution. So your only solution is actually to create comfort, find options, and create guidance for the, for the patient and the family. Now, these things exist right now. Uh, however, it doesn't mean it actually helps the solution. So, for example, if there are if there's a, a there's an array of like 20 solutions for a particular disease that actually uh, is, is unmet right now. Um, the reality is the loudest person in the room at this moment is your established big pharma who has a multi-billion dollar a year marketing budget to go ahead and tell everybody that everyone else is wrong and they're the only ones that are right okay that's 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 what that's what exists right now and so imagine imagine the concept uh when you when you, when you run into a situation where a new technology or a new science goes against a multi-billion dollar revenue source. The threat is not the fact that, uh, the threat is not the fact that, uh, uh, what is that, they, they'll, 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 maybe they'll try to, to, to stop it or squash it. They'll, they're more subtle now. They'll, they'll actually try to create, they'll try to discredit. They'll try to uh, get louder with their, with their solutions. Um, they create confusion. They create doubt. And I think that when a patient 
you know, one, one of the things that's beautiful about today's world with the internet and the and and and, and self motivated research and 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 a community that understands that's actually th- that they realize what's going on. A lot of us know something's wrong with the system, right? Something's wrong. Well, at the end of the day, what we're trying to allow patients to do is go on our platform, research, read, and discover new technologies. And let's say, for example, something is ready to go out. The research is good. Let's say it requires regulatory approval, like an FDA or whatnot. And let's say that was done. Well, they can, or, or even better, it's what is, it's in what we call a compassionate use or orphan stage uh, approval. Well, you can actually purchase or reserve a treatment. And when you reserve that treatment, what's happening is you become one of the first of many to be able to access these these solutions. And let's say, for example, somewhere down the road, uh, what before you can actually access it, something something happens, or you just don't need it anymore. Well, what happens is you can actually sell it because underneath the technology uh, of all this is actually a blockchain platform. It's an exchange. So you press a button and all of a sudden you got your money. Now, this new type of form, this new form of liquidity, it's actually not new. I mean, there's financial systems that do exactly what we've done, except we've made it applicable to the toward the medical innovation space. So patients can now discover. They can financially participate and get access to something that they need. At the same time, medical innovators are now able to create a new source of financing for their projects. And this is the experience that we want patients to have. And and we have all types of 100% refunds, uh, guarantees, so that in case the project uh, is is, is stifled, they can get their money back. I mean, all types of things that are actually put put into this platform that are designed to protect the patients and give them the experience of actually being able to be part of the solution, of finding the solution for their for their problems. What makes your cryptocurrency format different than other cryptocurrencies? Well, I think I, I know when when I say when you say cryptocurrency, I mean you, you, I, we're talking about the platform itself, right? the blockchain solution. So, for example, our solution on the, on, on the blockchain. I, I, I like to tell technologists and other people that I don't think we're the the newest uh, rocket ship out there. But the application is what matters. The innovation is how we've applied this new thing called blockchain to solve this problem. As, for example, right now I can create a reserv- I can create a futures contract on the uh, on the on the stock exchange, right, and on the on the commodities exchange or whatever for you know for a future event for like a harvest of crops. Right. And at the end of the day, um, what is that? I can bet and finance that farm and that, that yield so that I can actually I can, I, so that I can actually earn a profit. Right. And the farmers get their money. However, imagine taking all of that. And with blockchain, I'd be able to do that whole entire process that exists today for one reservation. That one reservation multiplies out to hundreds of thousands of reservations, millions of reservations for medical solutions and basically it creates a whole new set of liquidity so i've taken financial products markets uh, that are out there and actually made it made it made it so that it's a, it's unitized so it's only uh, so that it's uh, uh converted so that one person can actually access one treatment and be able to sell it mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's very simple but it's very powerful in the aggregate well you have done something different than most cryptocurrency platforms and you've done it without an ICO. Talk to us about that and what that means. <laughs> yeah, <thank you. laughs> yes. Look, blockchain, are you, we made a funny comment earlier, you know, it's like uh, corruption is slow to adopt. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know that the, 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 the crypto world has gotten a lot of heat by the, by the governments around the world. They're basically saying, hey, uh, you know, this is a utility token. This is no, no, it's a security. Oh no, you're you 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 couldn't you can't raise money that way. You can't actually uh, uh, launch that token in this way that way. What's happening is last year, the year the year before last, there was a massive boom in in uh, in, uh, in cryptocurrency ICOs that were that were fueling new projects. In 2018, early 2018, billions of dollars were were booming into the sector. You had your first multi-billion-dollar uh, 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 ICOs that were coming out uh, early in the year, and all of a sudden, as the year passed on, 
the, the crackdowns by the U.S. government and other and other countries, they, they they started getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Part of the reason why is because they really didn't know how to deal with it, right? They didn't know what 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 to. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's not regulated. There's no there's no way to actually uh, keep people safe. Maybe if there were scams out there, and rightfully so, there were also a, a number of scams in the ICO space, and they definitely deserve to be weeded out, right? But what, what, what that caused was a artificial stifling of progress. And so I have spent the last decade of my life on a biotech project with millions of dollars spent on, on research and studies and regulatory work, etc. And prior to that, decade more by the scientists and the, and the, and the organizations that were uh, researching and testing and developing this product. And so I, was, I wasn't about to put that effort into a gray scenario when it comes to regulatory. And at the same time, uh, and at the same time I am an avid technologist, and I, need, I, I knew that the blockchain space needed something with, with, with some meat. For example, I am a, uh, a blockchain has white papers. We have uh, published papers, right? <laughs> so we have a little bit more meat when it comes to our work. And so what I did was we took a... We took a, uh, a structured product uh, and, and developed a underlying asset model with a token. And it is available through, uh, right now we did this in Switzerland. And so it's available through the Swiss markets, which actually allows people to, investors, to purchase a security, a real deal security, right? Which is actually just like a stock, like a bond. It has an ISIN number. It is a fully registered asset. Uh, and then use that to actually gain exposure to our token, which is an underlying asset. So this is, in this way, no government or regulatory uh, board can actually say, hey, you can't raise money that way because this is the way money has been raised for, since the birth of capitalism, right? <laughs> so. Well, that's not a small task to take on there, Rogelio. So uh, congratulations to you for being so uh, able to do this because I think a lot of companies have tried really hard to do great things, but they get stuck in the ICO. They don't raise enough money. Things fall short, and it just doesn't end up happening the way it's supposed to happen. The original idea of cryptocurrency was to do it without a middle person, no banks, no no usury, no, nothing involved where people could yeah. just pay a person without anybody knowing or anybody having to have any of that business. And, and of course, we all know how privacy goes with today's technology. It just really doesn't fit into their business model. So we don't, we don't usually hear a lot of that. So, yeah, <laughs> and I think right. my I, I think my microphone is a Tesla tower pulling in all the other radio frequencies because I can still hear this strange alternate yeah. conversation happening behind yeah, the scenes. I'm sorry. Time. <laughs> yeah. We've created a quantum physics wormhole, and we've opened up <laughs> dimensional things. Okay, so that thank you for explaining your company, and, and congratulations on your ISIN and uh, all the great advancements you've done, and your team. Uh, some of the people I know, and they're really a fabulous team, and you guys all have great energy. You have really good, positive outlooks on the world. And and the reason that I, I want to point that out is because oftentimes, especially radio hosts who host other shows, don't always see the good in people who have such high up leadership. And I think what we need to do is take another look and not throw everybody out with the, you know, the baby with the bathwater and say, well, everybody in biotech and everybody in cryptocurrency and everybody in here and there is a bad person. And right. that's just simply not true. So when we have good people like yourself come into these industry spaces that really do need a conscience and they really do need to really understand how people work and what makes them tick. And I think that, that you're doing that, and I congratulate you on that as well. Having a conscience in this kind of business <laughs> is not always there. So Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you so much for that. And, well, you know, just, just to extend on that, I'll tell you this. Um, I, you know, working uh, in, the, in, in the crypto community, in the blockchain space, and also working in one of the most toughest sectors, which is, you know, a, a biotech and pharma, right? Um, one of the things is, is that you see different cultures being born. You see things that are, you know, that are, that are swinging left and right in a way where, hey, maybe it is a little too wild or whatnot. For me... As I've always done anything, I've actually, though, I, I, I like to lead by example. 
And in fairness, this, this thing that you're talking about, this this new this AVEX that AI structured product, this whole model, you know, before I even announced it, we've been you know we've been working on this thing for over a year and a half, not just on this model because we believe, and I absolutely personally believe, when people understand how this was done, a lot of people can talk about it, but actually completing a, ver- a very rigorous uh, a financial product like this. Once they see how it's done, and once and because it's already been done, they're going to realize that there was always a way that was a handshake, you know, uh, agreement between what exists today on for the government and the regulatory side, and what they what what they desire for innovation and creation for the technologies. So, I, I for me, um, thank you for the kind words regarding, uh, you know, regarding uh, you know the, the 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 positive outlook of myself and the team. And in fairness, all we ever try to do is actually do it and then show, lead by example, and that's the only way that things actually change. Well, I hope that that leadership value falls suit with other companies and other people who have the power to change things. Um, speaking of consciousness and kindness and and moving forward into big places with some sense of sensitivity and empathy for people how has what is how does consciousness play a role in your own life i mean are you a spiritual person do you pull in these these higher values how does that all work for you i personally uh yes i'm i'm i'm, I'm very spiritual uh I, I believe in god and i actually have a um i have a very strong drive the things that i do i think that when you ask anybody what their motivation is what their drive is you know they, you, you will get very different answers you know so a lot of drive for many people believe it or not is based on either trauma or fear right um and and trauma they're, they're, they're trying to to heal from or there's an anger there or there's or there's a greed a desire a lust you know and at the same, but there is such a thing as a what you could almost say a holy motivation Right, and these are and when when you look at what what is built on rock, what is what is strong, no, a motivation is a very vague concept. It's a, it's a nebulous thing, right? Uh, but when you actually find something where there is a absolute definiteness of purpose, uh, for me, when you talk about uh, um, you know uh, drive, spirituality, and in, in, in turn consciousness. Because I know that me personally, my, my foundation is very strong in that sense, I don't actually have to say those words to attract the people that are needed for, uh, for, for, for projects and movements. Because at the end of the day, it's felt and it draws. Right? And my, my, all my work can only ever be done with great people around me. And I'm blessed that I've actually, that I recognize this. And I focus on I focus on that particular talent, so that more and more uh, um, uh, blessings and resources come, because my work isn't for me really; it's, it's for everybody else. That selflessness seems to be at the center of a lot of great things. We've had a lot of wonderful people in our history who have showed up and done the work and we don't necessarily know what their motivation is and sometimes when we have very successful people walking around the planet we don't know what their motivation is sometimes we see glimpses into that and other times we don't and what people who look up to you and said oh wow you know he's doing great things and i really want to be that way you know you inspire a lot of people so for those people that look up to you and hope to be great in their leadership and innovation, what would you have to say to them that would encourage them to go out and follow their dreams? First of all, don't look up to me. That's scary, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm as human as the next guy. We all have our flaws, right? Uh, at the same time, I believe that, um, I believe, you know, when you, when you look at, when you look at purpose, I think, Many, many motivational speakers, many people that have spoken about, you know, about this topic. It's always about why, 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 why. What is your why? The stronger the why, the stronger the likelihood of success for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. You know, when something becomes a I should to I must or 
from I must to if I don't do it, I either live or die. Those kind of choices really determine how strong conviction really is. And at times, if you base it on something temporary, then motivation is temporary. And, it, and you better hope that that motivation lasts until you complete. But I have to tell you, I am a person that has been part of projects that last years, decades. So it, I had to draw deeper and deeper within. So what do I say to them? Find something strong. In fairness, nothing is stronger than connecting with your own infinite self and then, and then the, and the infinite greatness that extends beyond that to the universe. That power, you know, call it God, call it your, your higher being or whatnot, that power is stronger than anything. So if you choose to tap into that, then that's the only thing I can ever say uh, uh, would last anything great that takes a lot of time. Ideology seems to rule the world. A lot of people look at ideology as God, and they tend to pull in people around them that believe in the same ideology. And for those that don't believe in the same ideology, they tend to exclude. So it becomes kind of like an exclusive club. Mm -hmm. And you see that in a lot of structures for not only corporate entities, but also government entities and things of that sort. Everything comes down to some kind of belief system. Um, when you first started your your project, Quest. How was that for you as far as accomplishment? What was your first real sense of accomplishment in your in your path as you were growing through all this? Well, uh, my, my first sense of accomplishment, you mean as a, as a, in my life or as a human path? being? Yeah, I mean, like, what as was your first being. real sense of, wow, I did that, and you were proud of yourself. You had a sense of, you know, pat yourself on the back, and this is something that encouraged you to move forward in other projects. You know, I tell you this, um, I know this is a bad feature, but I actually am really bad at celebrating accomplishment. Um, you, know, I, you know, people say, like, once you hit a certain milestone or you do this, you should really celebrate it. It's important. Um, I, I'm actually one of those people that uh, the moment the goal is hit, I'm, I, I think to myself, okay, next move. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had cake. I've seen pictures of cake at your celebrations. Your ISN yes. cake was great at Las Vegas. Now, I just want to tell people listening, um, Rogelio was one of the speakers at the World Crypto Conference recently in Las Vegas, and he sat down on a panel of many of the world's great thought leaders in cryptocurrency, along with Charlie Stream, and I think he joined your team. But celebrating accomplishment, I know you have cake. Yes, that's true. No, we, we, we had cake. That, that, that is for sure. Uh, in fact, I'm, I try to make it a practice to make sure that if, for myself, I'm bad at it, but I, I need to make sure that the team celebrates as well. You know, it's, 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 it's more for everyone else, right? But, it's, but it is important. It is important to actually uh, celebrate. So when you ask me about the accomplishments, I'm thinking, okay, there, were there times where I felt that way? Um, I, I believe that there were, yes, I mean, absolutely. I have... I have moments where I look at, I look back. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple of stories. I once organized a, uh, a rally uh, in the Philippines, and six hundred thousand people showed up. And I, I stared at the field from the from the back of the from the top of the from the top of this, uh, this these steps and this this field of a sea of people, and I could feel energy, just the power of 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 that moment, the, 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 the people, the uniting. I, there were times when uh, I've had very quiet accomplishments where the victory was just so, it was so hard to do, and I know that no one will ever know. And in those moments, I, I thank God and I appreciate the fact and I thank the fact that I have, you know, I had the ability to actually get through that and, and the, the resources and faculties to do it. Um, my, I mean, I have a lot of moments, so many moments where my 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 heart is is, is warm, my my mind is, is 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 immersed, and my soul is shivering because of the fact that I recognize that a a not not an accomplishment, but a, a miracle took place. You know. 
Well, I don't know. I've never gathered 600,000 people in one spot. <laughs> however, however, I can relate. I can relate to what you just described, the energy, the the being in touch with your heart, being in touch with your soul, and that's a rare quality today, I think. Um, unfortunately, we've become so isolated in our massive connection that we sometimes forget to include the heart energy and, and, and to count the soul energy, regardless of what we believe or what our ideology is, right? And uh, so would you consider that some kind of magical connection to the larger reality that we are all a part of? Well, if we don't acknowledge, you know, the greater part of us, I mean, in a lot of ways, life can be a little small and sad, right? Like, what is it really that we're, that we're living for? At the end of the day, I always say one thing. There's more to this world than this world. And if you don't acknowledge, if you don't acknowledge the fact that, uh, you know, that there's, that there's a lot more that you don't understand and going on, then you'll never, you'll stop searching. And, you know, that journey, that journey is priceless. You know, the discovery portion and the, the, the not knowing is frustrating. A lot of people don't like the stress of not understanding, but if you embrace it and you keep pushing, Answers are inevitable to reveal, you know, and that's we have we have to embrace. It's like the mystical seeker's quest. So <laughs> you have you have some experience with quantum computing, and it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. But um, the technology that allows quantum computing for happening, how is it close to the human experience of quantum realities? Let's talk about that. Let's 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 go into that for the the last segment of the show because I think it's important for people to be able to wrap their minds around technology. Technology is taking over the world. We've never before been in this position. Humanity is in its first real experience of being so immersed in information and technology, and a lot of it they don't understand. But isn't that the same way with quantum realities? Isn't that the same way with uh, these other alternative experiences that sometimes have been called mystical? You know, I'll tell you this. I I think that when you look at technology and the world today, between artificial intelligence and blockchain even, um, you know, all forms of of new tech, and you know, you're mapping the human mind, uh, even advancements in genetics, etc. A lot of those technologies are, you know, we relate to in a very, in a very basic way. But I will, I will actually encourage your viewers that the more you dive into the understanding of this new quantum field that's actually developing, you'll begin to realize how everything is actually yesterday. Everything is so small <laughs> when, it, when it comes down to it. Well, when it comes down, compared to what's, what we're discovering, I mean, consider the fact that a hundred years ago, there were elements, objects, um, that there were, there were concepts that were thought of as frivolous. It was considered fringe science. If you talked about it out loud as a scientist, you were discredited, you were insulted, you were actually shamed, right? But now, those very same concepts, we built a computer around it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> you sound surprised. It's. Like, I think was quantum computing an accident? Did somebody tune into something and like and make a realization, an aha moment, and suddenly everything was working? I, it's such a new thing, and there's so much competition to get to conscious technology i don't think they ever will because you know i believe humanity is so special and i think it takes more than one person to create a field of interactive psychic phenomena that we still have yet to fully understand one person can do a lot but two or more can do much more i think don't you think it's kind of quantum entanglement spooky action at a distance all of that stuff you need to have more than one because it amplifies you know, it's like it's like you have a if you have a radio, like like you have a radio station, right? <laughs> and what happens is when you when you have a message, and and it resonates, and you have other people vibrating to that message to the point where they're filled and they're resonating as well. I mean, that's the only way um, you know movements can actually take place. It is very much in the same concepts between you know with, with quantum wave theory amplification. All of those mathematics, right? But you know, 
I want to talk about a little bit about what really blew my mind when it came to quantum computing, but it's more about the quantum physics side, right? So, what I what what, I, what really intrigued me was when you when you look at the one of the fundamental experiments in quantum physics, the double slit the, the double slit theory, the double slit experiment, right? It's when they when they shine a photon or electron into two little holes, and it has to choose to go into door A or door B. And when you observe which hole it goes into, it behaves differently than when you actually don't observe it and just observe where it lands. What happens is, what, ha what, 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 what that experiment showed is that, oddly enough, the probabilities of a pathway are actually more real than the thing itself. What, 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 it's so real that potential pathways, potential future pathways, in, in our, from our perspective, actually, co actually collide. They collide to the point where when, when they collide and it bounces off each other, it leaves gaps where these things could never go and where they can only go. And this is a very important concept because if you think about it, the fundamentals of of, 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 of this of this of this theory is kind of you know it, it extends into how quantum computing is kind of you know indecisive and it's built on these 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 uncertainties but at the same time it, it one 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 of my favorite interpretations of this these are multiple dimensions and they are actually crossing each other right they're, they're hitting each other and so could you imagine that we have quantum computers right now that actually the fundamental interpretation of it, of how it's working, is still largely misunderstood. We're building things that we don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs. Well, doesn't that mean then that observation is key? Observation is key. Sometimes lack of observation is also key. So yeah. how does that relate to digital surveillance? I mean, if we're constantly under some kind of camera surveillance and we're being observed by whatever, does that mean that that changes us fundamentally because we're being watched? It's possible. It yeah. is possible. It's no different than, um, you know, like you're, you're, in a, you're in a room and I say, don't hit the glass jar. Don't 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 knock, don't knock the vase off the pedestal, right? I've kind of set you in your direction in a weird way, right? So, in in one sense, uh, observation uh, make it, it collapses what we call the wave function, but at the same time, there's too many people, there's too many, there's not enough cameras, and possibilities are constantly uh, are, 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 are are infinite. Well, it, could, uh, so I, it could explain some confusion. <laughs> it could explain yes. some, some massive confusion on a collective scale. Now, spooky action at a distance is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And that experiment proved that once a particle is observed, then it changes that particle all the way back to the past, even back to its very first existence. So in a way, uh, I'm not explaining it thoroughly as far as the scientific is. There's lots of no, lots good, more good. to it. However, doesn't that explain some kind of massive connection in time? Well, that's the thing, right? When, when the funny thing is, when you talk about when you, when you talk when you talk about these these type of concepts, um, mathematically, they are you, you could almost shrug your shoulders and say, "Oh yeah, okay, well, you know, in in the quantum world, there is a dimension that moves backwards in our time. There's one that moves sideways. There is one out of sequence, and it's normal. It, it actually just it makes sense." Uh, in that in that way, uh, from us as physical, you know, as, as larger objects, you know, we, we we don't perceive it that way. But here's something very important. You know, uh, for the longest time, people would say that the quantum rules actually only apply to like you know small electrons and 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 the, and the nanoscale world, right, of the quantum world. But if, but just recently, there was a beautiful experiment that was actually just conducted, and I can't exactly cite it because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, they were actually able to show that giant balls of atoms, like large, large masses of objects, will actually follow the same quantum rules. Now, this changes a lot. This changes a lot. That means you and I physically 
are can actually apply these same quantum rules in thinking. And right now, because we just entered a, a time when uh, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's fringe. It was went from fringe science to actual real deal applicable technology, right? We, we, so now, when you talk in this in this way, people the, the physicists will say, "Oh well, you know that's quantum mysticism." They're they're trying to associate uh, uh, these these theories with you know with with, with religious connections, etc. But you know, I will tell you this: when you there's a saying, uh, if um if a, a technology that is sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic, and if you take a look at the the magic of old or or religions and uh, that actually had documented like the, the Indians with the Vedas and the way they the way the way the way they had their basically their, to me a lot of their, a lot of their religion is a science. Um, they actually had a lot of the explanations that we're just unraveling right now in quantum studies. My most favorite thing in the quantum world, and especially quantum computing, is every expert and physicist and scientist uh, one year saying, well, we got here, but we can't get there. A year later, they got there, and they'll say, okay, well, we can't get there. A year later, they got there. It's almost like we're, we're, we're breaking our own limits, and the only thing limiting is our own perception of smallness, you know, of, of where of where we are. So I think... Hasn't nanotechnology added into that, though? I mean, we've seen fields grow in the last few decades that never existed for us before. But mm-hmm. how do you explain shamans and medicine men in our past, or mm-hmm. women in our past, that were able to close their eyes and meditate and use their consciousness to go into a plant and then draw the microscopic inner workings of a plant? You know, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned shamans, right? And you mentioned a, like, a, like, a, like a, almost a, a medicine man. Right. And, you know, what, one, one thing that's very funny uh, about that is if you take a look, you know, for the last hundred or so years, uh, civilization today has actually prided itself on basing itself on the scientific method. Right. Uh, they will identify a particular uh, condition, an experiment, a solution, hypothesize, et cetera, et cetera, until it's a replicable result. That is the finality of it. Right. It's a replicable result if you do X. But here's the funny thing. Uh, right now, I, I don't know how many of your, of your viewers know this, but there is, there is what you call a, uh, uh, there's, a there's actually a uh, replication crisis in science right now. Have you heard about this? No, you know but I'm, I'm hanging on every word. <laughs> I'm listening okay. very closely. So actually, it started out with a, it started out with a, uh, a psychological study uh, that actually they, it won, I think it won a Nobel Prize or something. And it was shamed because it couldn't be replicated. But then it opened up another can of worms where there were other uh, experiments that couldn't be replicated. It got to the point where there was even a major drug company that said, yeah, um, their very own research couldn't be replicated. And it was, it was only done less than a decade ago. So it, this, this crisis has now bled into... Uh, published papers and scientific experiments that span back in the span back decades in almost every field of science. So this is a very unique thing because you mentioned shaman as the medicine man, and one would say, well, uh, 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 the the civilization today would say, well, you know, that's magic and that's fluffy stuff, and that actually has no basis. Meanwhile, the very basis of our science today is being challenged. We can't replicate. Well, yep, I'm, remi- <laughs> I'm reminded of, of the power of intuition and synchronicity. And, you know, we talk about shamans and old medicine and old magic and earth-based things of that sort. And at some point, spirituality was separated from science. And it wasn't allowed to commingle or coexist. And we created a kind of a fork in the pathway. And indigenous cultures all over the world have been persecuted and systematically wiped out by corporate capitalistic type entities that come in and, and gobble up their resources and try to quiet and shut down their voices. And, uh, you know, over time, I think what we're, what we're finding is that we have to find a way to merge that back together and respect the human qualities that we cannot necessarily explain by experiments and science. Don't you think, really? You know, I, I'll tell you this. I, I, I not only believe that, 
uh, a change has to happen. I think it is happening. I mean, look, when you talk about, like right now, I am on the radio with you as a CEO of a biotech company and a blockchain company, and I'm talking about quantum computing and, and consciousness, right? <laughs> and the reason why I'm doing that is because I believe there's, I believe, I believe that it is important that the financial and the business world meet humanity head to head. Because right now it's, it's become so, you know, it's, it, when, when, when these kind of topics, people see a lot of concern discussing. You can't even talk about spirituality before in a business meeting. It's like it, doesn't, it has no place. But you spend your days there, we, we affect people's lives. It has every place there. And when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, what's happening now, you know, when, we, when growing up, when you, or just, or just in daily living, when you, when you have a, when you go out to eat and you have a, a takeout uh, from a fast food restaurant and you have a plastic fork and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a piece of paper and you eat something and you immediately goes into, into the trash, everybody must have some sort of subconscious thinking like, okay, where does that go? What's happening? And today, we're, we're looking at the oceans. We're seeing where it goes. Companies now, like, like I just saw, I was in New York and I saw some of the biggest financial institutions, they're now branding themselves towards impact investing actually addressing environmental stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, when you talk about where we are, thank God that we've actually evolved. Maybe it's the internet, maybe it's social media, whatever it is, information that is normally sheltered from us uh, or, 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 or we're, we're, we're conditioned to not think about, well, those controls are being loosened. And now we're having a more of a, more of a free thought. In fact, it is the very reason why I believe that those control systems are antiquated. Today, if a patient goes to a doctor, right, the doctor used to say, this is what's right and wrong, you listen to me, period. But today, because of the internet, they'll say, hey, excuse me, doc, but do you know about this research? Hey, did you hear about this? And the patient has more power now to actually really make a uh, informed decision versus just blindly listening. And I'll tell you right now, just like there are good and bad and highly skilled and poorly skilled people in the profession, just so in the medical space as well. And could you imagine that uh, you get stuck with a wrong, with wrong advice, which happens all the time, and you get stuck with surgeries or things that you don't need, which happens all the time as well. And next thing you know, uh, today you have a little bit more. And all we're trying to do is trying to empower that. So spirituality has a place in business. Spirituality has a place in our, in our, in our conversation. And to elevate the thinking uh, that they you know, and tell it to, to elevate ourselves as a human being, we have to be bold in introducing the, these conversations in every part of our lives. I feel like I've waited to hear this conversation my whole life. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I want to end the segment talking about the cannabis industry and mm -hmm. how cannabis innovation, research, technology, all the things that I know lay waiting on the other side of legalization. How, are, are you going to allow that to come into the Avolve platform so people can participate in cannabis research and study? Absolutely. Yes, yes, and yes. I mean... All I know is that in the work that I've that, that, that I've been in, um, medical solutions, things that benefit patients, they come from everywhere. There's there's a plant that was in our backyards that cured some major thing. There was a there's a there's a element that comes from a beach sand uh, that, that that that's that's uh, dug up, and all of a sudden this particular dirt actually is a medicine. Why why should cannabis be excluded as part of a solution? Right. Especially if there's research now being born and there's so many benefits. Look, there are it's, it's, it's always being knocked for uh, not having enough studies or trials or et cetera, et cetera. But, hey, you and I know people have been smoking weed for the longest time. There's plenty of data. <laughs> <laughs> and plenty of, plenty of opportunity for study as well. And, you know, I want to I take a, a short moment to mention THC. And I've been a big advocate for cannabis research and study. And THC is being demonized like it's, it's, it's a job. And people are thinking THC is about getting high. And what it does is really opens up the brain receptors to let the CBD in. Um, quickly, what is your, your opinion on the current CBD-THC dilemma in the United States? 
dilemma. You know, I mean, look, all walls, challenges, obstacles are usually man-made. So the dilemma is not the fact that it's it, that it's illegal. It's who's behind making it this, this type of challenge and what are their interests. That's what I think. I think that the only the, when, when you ask the question or we think about this, we have, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, if we know there's enough going on here that actually is working, um, why is it being demonized? Who is demonizing it and why do they want it to be demonized? I think those are the, if we, fo- if we focus our minds uh, on the right questions, then we'll get the right answers. Excellent. Well, let's make a point to do that, guys. Thank you so much. We are out of time. Rogelio, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us this past hour. And uh, we wish you the best of luck in all your endeavors. Thank you so much. And everybody, visit evolve.health, A-E-V-O-L-V-E.health. All right. You're listening to KCAA. I'm Hillary Ramo. This is Real Talk Radio, guys. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to next time. Thank you.